The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Happening this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. No, you haven't tuned into 60 Minutes. This is another edition of Soap Central Live. So then what's the deal with that ticking stopwatch? Well, it's to set the stage for this week's show, where we're going to be talking all about the new movie, 35 and Ticking. Joining me this hour are two of the stars of that film who just so happen to be daytime stars. From The Young and the Restless, Darius McCrary, who plays Malcolm Winters. And then later in the hour, Dondre T. Whitfield, a three-time daytime Emmy nominee for his work as All My Children's Terrence Fry, will be joining me. So what is 35 and Ticking all about? Well, it's a story of a group of friends who reach the 35th birthday, and they realize that their lives really aren't the way that they thought they would be. So they set out to do everything in their power to change their lives and make them more about what they think their ideal life should be. Take a listen to this preview. For these four friends, life hasn't exactly delivered as planned. This is my friend Cleavon. Nice to meet you. So what do you do? I work at a a bank. Booty and the Beast. Nasty Neanderthal. Sperm Bank. You gonna need the goggles this time? Now... I'm knocking on 40's door and absolutely no prospects for me. Hello, ladies. Hope is dwindling. I know where we can find you a good man. SolidSoulmates.com. I think I'll have a glass of wine. You should try the Cabernet. She's going to take the Cabernet. Chances will be taken. Are you looking at yourself while you're talking to me? No, baby, I ain't looking at myself. I'm looking at Nick West. And clocks are ticking. I am tired of you putting so much pressure on me. Do you know how degrading it is to have to beg someone to have a baby? But with a little help from each other, they may find something they never expected. They're friends for life. Friends for life. For life. life. Tamla Jones, Nicole Ari Parker, Keith Robinson, Wendy Raquel Robinson, with Kevin Hart and Megan Good. Since we're making confessions, there's actually something that I want to tell you, too. All right, go ahead. I used to be a man. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Russ Pars, 35 and ticking. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good comedy? So get ready for some laughs today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your 
everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. And as you heard a couple of minutes ago, this week we're talking all about the new movie, 35 and Ticking. In my first interview, I talked to someone who television viewers probably know best as Eddie Winslow on the 1990s sitcom Family Matters. But to soap fans, Darius McCrary is the new face of Malcolm Winters on The Young and the Restless. So I had to ask Darius about his path from funny to the crazy world of soaps. You'd be surprised how he actually came about getting the role on The Young and the Restless. I also wanted to get him to talk a little bit about the cancellation of All My Children. And as it turns out, his mom, like so many other people, is a fan of All My Children. Then it was time to talk about 35 and Ticking and this crazy character that Darius plays. It's a guy by the name of Nick West who's a professional athlete who speaks only in the third person when talking about himself. Now it's time for Dan Kroll to play the interview. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, everybody, if I could talk about myself in the third person, but it was a really nice interview with Darius, so here it is. Check it out. So one of the things that I, I've noticed, Darius, is that you've been in the public eye for almost all of your life. I think you, you started acting somewhere uh, around the age of nine. But when did you first realize that you wanted to be an actor? You know what, man? Uh, I, I never really wanted to be an actor, man. Really? No. It's nothing I ever wanted to do. It's nothing I ever pursued. Um, I still you know, have a hard time believing that uh, God has blessed me uh, with, uh, with, uh, with a lot of people like to call success. Um, for this long, and um, you know, and, and 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 I've been blessed to have had so many wonderful experiences, and and uh, and continue uh, to to move forward uh, in, in such a difficult industry. Um, it's 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 really amazing to me. Um, but I never really wanted to do this, man. What I wanted to do, and what I was raised and trained to do, was to be a musician. That that that's what I was raised to do. You know. Um, um, you know, I come from a long line of musicians. Right. Uh, my father is uh, probably one of the most talented men on the planet. Um, you know, I've been raised around a lot of the greats, man. And it was just one of those wonderful accidents that happened, and uh, and, and it continued and continues to keep getting uh, by the grace of God. So knowing that that you didn't necessarily plan to go down this acting path, you pretty much grew up on television in front of millions of people and they we've heard all the stories from people who've done that who said it wasn't an easy thing to do so for you growing up on television was that a challenge or do you think you were able to handle it um i think that uh you know growing up on television man i, I believe is always a challenge it's it's, it's it's never anything easy uh for anybody because you know you are growing into you you're learning who you are and you don't know who you are however people believe that you're someone else <laughs> And, and and they want that other person. They don't want you. They want that person. And you're still trying to figure out who you are. So you're like, uh, who am I? Am I this person that they want? Or am I allowed to be me? Or do I have to try and find a happy medium and give them a little bit of this person and that person? You know, uh, it, it can be very confusing. But uh, I believe that uh, with a strong support system mm -hmm. and a strong family uh, base anything is achievable achievable and i believe that i i, I don't believe i know that i had a very strong support system and a very strong family base and uh, i was able to to uh to to be reared and steered through it with, with proper tutelage 
tutelage. I found it interesting that you said you know, something along that they don't want you to be you, they want you to be this other person. And even now, today, you've still been pretty much in the public eye, whether you wanted to be or not. And a lot of people who are listening, I think... They they have determined that if you're in the public eye, they have the right to know everything about you. So I'm curious, where do you draw that line? How much should the public know about not just you, but as a celebrity in general? Well, you know, I believe, uh, man, honestly, my life is money when there is no television show, when there is no music, when there is, you know, I mean, you know, God forbid a world without music. But, you know, wow. when, yeah. when, when, the chip, when the chips are down. You know, uh, that that's that's uh, that that's when family family's gonna be there, man. You know, everybody else, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but they all love a winner. I mean, and, and, and it's it's just it's the age old story, man. I mean, and you can look at it to the time those times, you know, t- times tell the story. Nobody wants you when you're down and out, man. And that's just the way that it is. Uh, you know, um, one of the worst questions that uh, a fan could ask a celebrity is, "What are you doing now?" What do you mean, what am I doing now? I'm doing life right now, man. I'm talking to you. I'm taking my time out of my day to talk to you. That's what I'm doing right now. Hmm. If if you want to know what I'm up to, it's not how you ask. It's not what you ask. It's how you ask, you know? Are there any projects that I can look for? Because I am a fan of yours, and I love your work. Uh, Where can I find you now? Are are, are you going to be doing any more work anytime soon? You know, that's, you know, uh, the question that you ask. But in my opinion, one of the worst questions that a fan can ask is, what are you doing now? What am I doing now? I'm living life. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely absolutely right. I mean, I think it's it's that whole positive spin on anything. Uh, you know, if you lead it in a negative direction, I mean, you're putting that negative energy out there. So even if you haven't seen someone do anything for, say, ten years, you don't assume that they've <laughs> they've just been sitting in a room somewhere, you know, rocking back and forth, like you, living life. You have to do that every single day. Exactly, man. I mean, it's not about my opinion. It's not about what I do in front of the camera that makes me a man. It's what I do, in fact, when I'm away from the camera that make that makes me the man that I am. How I take care of my my children, and you know, how, how, the type of son that I am, and you know, the type of brother that I am, the type of uncle that I am, and you know, and, um, and a lot of the work, in fact, that I do away from the camera or uh, outside of the studio. Um, is what sets the stage for what you see on television or for what you'll hear in, in the days to come, in the years to come from me as far as the recording studio is concerned. It's those times I'm sitting down with my guitar on my couch, you know, and, and writing these songs or, or doing stuff that actually brings me the peace of mind and sanity and the courage to step in front of that camera. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That's a, That's a really... Uh, interesting way to put that. Huh. You know, no, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the meetings that I take, you know, away from the cameras, you know, what what puts the, puts me in those roles, you know. Okay. So, well, let's talk about one of those meetings in particular, uh, and and wind it up into daytime. I'm curious for folks out there who maybe haven't heard the story yet. How did you go from Eddie Winslow to Malcolm Winters on The Young and the Restless? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, 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 I would love for it to have been that simple, but there were a lot of roles in between Eddie Winslow and Malcolm right. Winters. Uh, I mean, you know, I had a chance to play Muhammad Ali. I had a chance to do um, Next Day Air. 
Uh, I had a chance to be a, a vampire too with John Bon Jovi. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So there was a lot of preparation for me to be able to stand, um, you know, uh, in the ranks of uh, along, alongside of some of the greats like Christoph St. John, and mm-hmm. Doug Davidson, and, uh, and um, Peter Bergman. Uh, I mean, um, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's really a blessing, and I consider it an honor. Um, you know, every time that I I get to uh, to uh, to walk onto that stage, and um, you know, I'm a part of something that is such a legacy and something that is truly greater than me. But the way that it happened was my my um, my then manager, uh, Lena Lena Cohen, who uh, I, I owe, owe uh, a lot of this uh, uh, the, the, this um, this wonderful success that I'm having and experiencing in daytime television too. Um, she gave me a call and um, asked what I what I want want to uh, to to um, uh, meet with um, Maria and um, and Paul um, Paul Roush and um, uh, regarding you know the, the producers of um, that I go in for for a meeting uh, with the producers and it was so funny I didn't know that I actually had to read that day and so I go in and I meet Maria and Paul and. Uh, <laughs> and I sit down, and so Paul just goes to me, um, "Hey man, would you just mind reading this? Uh, reading, reading, and they hand me the, the 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 material in the room, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was so funny. I always wanted to do daytime television. I always wanted to do it, um, uh, uh, but my my handlers in the past have steered me away from it. You know, people are always put such a negative spin on it, and I don't know why. It is one of the most uh, difficult uh, genres to conquer or to get a hold of in the whole acting uh, industry, uh, more than sitcom, more than feature film. Uh, the only thing that might be a bit more challenging is theater. And the only reason the theater is probably more challenging is because you, you don't get another opportunity at all. But daytime, we get a rehearsal and, and, and a take. It's not like we have much more leeway. Mm-hmm. And, and on some days when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling, you know, real good, I might be like, hey, uh, you know, let, uh, I might want to want to try and just go for one take. <laughs> which, which, which my girl, which my girl, Mrs. Chancellor. <laughs> I, I call I call her Mrs. Chancellor. She is Mrs. Chancellor. <laughs> She's a boss. Um. Uh, she'll do. She'll just. She'll just say, "Hey, let's let's shoot it." <laughs> All right. But um. But yeah. But uh. But uh. Paul had asked me. Um. I don't think that I got him in the room. I think when I showed up, they they told me it was material, and they gave it to me. And I went in, and um. I believe that uh. Paul said, "I I know you probably weren't prepared to read, but would you just mind just reading reading the material?" And I read it, and the next thing I knew, I was I was back for a screen test. Nice. <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> Good. Well, something that you mentioned, though, you mentioned that you always wanted to do daytime, but people sort of turned you away from it. What is your history with watching the soaps? How familiar were you with it? Did your family watch it? Did you watch any soaps? Well, um, I, I, I grew up uh, more on ABC. Uh, you know, my my mom was was a, all my children, one life to live girl, General Hospital. So, you know, I grew up with Luke and Laura, you know, Erica Kane and but I have one 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 of my family members, uh, she's she's an aunt. She loved loves Y and R and uh when I signed on, she was frantic. She was like, Oh my god, you're gonna be your own witcher, you're where you met them. Oh. 
she went crazy. So, you know, so I, I had some familiarity with it, you know, and I knew how popular it was and, you know, I knew how, how, how well it, it, it uh, had done for, uh, you know, for Shamar Moore, mm-hmm. uh, who's a friend of mine, you know, how much the ladies loved him. And, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, it was always something that, that was very intriguing to me, you know, and then, you know, of course, every soap star always gets the hot chick. So, you know, <laughs> why wouldn't I want to be a part of something like that? <laughs> you know it. Well, you, you mentioned All My Children and One Life to Live. And your mom, having been a fan, I'm curious, what were your thoughts when you heard that ABC had canceled both All My Children and One Life to Live? Uh, my thoughts were, oh, shit. <laughs> that's about sums it up. Those are about mine, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what us going to do now? <laughs> no, um, you know, it, it, it was, um, I was like, wow, you know, uh, how do you, uh, uh, you know, um, cancel something like that you know um but it's just one more uh sign of the times you know of where we're going um i mean um there's so much going on now in the world where people just don't have the attention span and um i guess that um that that that, uh we're finding that more and more um loyalty is something that um but there's less and less of and it's important that uh now which YNR and Bold and Bold and the Beautiful are are brilliant uh, at doing, um, you know, especially now that I'm in this world and watching how they do it. Um, it's important that, that 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 you rejuvenate and that you know you make sure that you go for uh, a new audience. You know, you can never get comfortable. So you know? work, yeah, working on the soap. You said now that you're in it, how has the whole process been different from maybe what your mindset was? Having watched the soaps and not having worked there, what have you learned about daytime? Uh, that when you show up, you better be prepared <laughs> and you better bring your A game, because everybody else there, they've been doing it a long time and they're all damn good at it and um and they're ex- extremely prepared and uh and there's no no such thing as uh, time to waste, um you know uh, on a lot of sets. Um, you know, you find people gagging and they're waiting and, you know, we'll shoot when we shoot and we'll take the time and ain't none of that. When you show up, you better be ready to go and bring your A game. That's what I've learned. Okay. I'm sure there are other things that you have learned as well. I do think now's a good time to mention happy belated birthday to you. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not trying to out you here or anything, but there's a bit of irony in this year's birthday, considering the title of a new movie <laughs> that you're going to be appearing in, which is called 35 and Ticking. Uh, yeah. What is it about this number 35 that freaks everybody out? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, I guess it's uh, five years away from 30 and five years uh Away from uh, uh, forty, you know. So you're like, oh God, I'm not thirty anymore. So a lot of the stuff I did is not cute. I can't do. I have to grow up. And then you're like, oh God, I'm gonna be forty. You know, uh, I'm on my way to the retirement home. You know, but hey, man, honest to God, uh, one of the great things I will say about growing up on television is that whenever I start to feel like I'm getting old, I can always turn on television and find a Family Matters rerun and remember that I'm not too far away from where I once was. So it's all a, it's all a mindset. I, I In disclosure, I'm past. I, I guess I've talked. I'm, uh, I'm not 35 and ticking. I'm more than 35 and ticking. And, uh, it's all, I, it's I didn't all in your that. mind, man. <laughs> it's all in your mind. <laughs> it's got to be because I didn't have that. I mean, so many people just at 30, 
uh, now. I think it's with each generation, I think that age threshold goes down where now you're 30. It's like, oh, my God, I'm 30. I'm old. I mean, soon kids are going to be 20 and, and thinking it's time to be put out to pasture. Exactly, exactly. But I really do believe, you know, it's it's where you uh, it's 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 where you allow yourself to 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 be. Um, you know, that's that's that that's that's where you will dwell. Um, just because the body's getting old or the body ages doesn't mean that the mind has to go with it. And I believe that the mind has a lot more control and a lot more power um, than, than than we give it credit for. Well, then, using some of the sage advice, what do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned that you can share with other folks? Well, um, I feel that it's just, just important in life to always, always think twice and move once. And everything that's good to you ain't good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely uh, a really good way to put it. Is that one of the lessons that you think is is shown in the movie um well i i i i don't think i think that in, in this film i think that uh that, that it's it's more so a thing of um you know saying that you know you don't have to rush into anything hmm. you know uh just because you're 35 it it, it uh, you know or that you're you're at, at, at a certain age it doesn't mean that things are over it means that things might just just be beginning for you you know, we sort of danced around a little bit. Let's. Uh, can you give me a little bit of information about Thirty Five and Ticking, and particularly the character you play, Nick West, who is. Oh God. He's something else. <laughs> uh, oh he's a handful. Yeah, Nick, Nick West is out of control. You know, I mean, the movie is about the biological clock of women, pretty much. You know, uh, a lot of women feel like they're thirty-five, and they feel like you know, if they're not married, or if they don't have somebody, you know, that 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 it's over for them, or you know, that they have to rush into something, you know, but just just to have somebody, you know. But uh, I, I think that that that, uh, that a lot of people need to, uh, to to look at it as maybe you know uh, you have to work on you before you find that person, you know, um, or you might end up with with a guy like Nick West, who is really something else. He's a funny, funny character, um, you know, a, a star athlete who, who speaks of himself in the third person. Um, but uh, he's not the kind of guy you want to bring home to your mama. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, I, I, and honestly, guy, I have a ball playing characters like this because uh, it's the furthest thing from me. You know, it's 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 um you know it's it's kind of like uh, like ex- experimentation uh, to where it's like okay I got that out of my system and I'm glad that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing about that character is uh you know when 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 they originally approached me with the role I actually um I actually when I, I said I, I don't want to play a guy like that I said thanks so much for considering me I said but no. <laughs> All right, so what changed your mind? Well, I'm really good friends with uh, the executive producer, Kim Whitley, who is uh, who's a funny, funny lady and a wonderful, wonderful person. And she called me personally, and she said, Darius? I said, yeah. She said, I need you to do this. And uh, after talking to Kim and, uh, and speaking with some of my other friends who are going to be in the movie, I said, okay. <laughs> she said, it's not you. You're not Nick West. What is wrong with you? 
I thought, no, camera separate, just, you know, she said, Darius, everybody knows that you're going to kill this role. Would you please come and do this? And they actually had somebody else come and read, read, and they did, then they did a cast read. After I said no the first time, they had somebody read. And uh, after I said no, they moved on, and they had somebody read in, in the cast, and it just didn't work out. And um, I guess it brought back, and it's, I guess, kind of a sign that what's meant for you, no one else can do. Yeah, uh, I just there's no. only a little bit of a of a snippet right now on the official website 35andticking.com, so everybody can of course check that out. But uh, you know what else? How, how much uh, interaction? What can we expect from the movie? How much uh, how much are we going to see of you in the movie? Well, uh, let me tell you like this: there's enough of Nick West. <laughs> in in that movie, that you have to take Nick West in doses. Oh yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so so what you got of Nick West is all you need. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure well. working. Yeah, it was a pleasure working with Russ Park. You know, Tamla Jones is always uh, uh, is always wonderful in everything she does. She's a brilliant, brilliant actress. It was great for us to be reunited. We worked together before. We've known each other throughout the years. Um, you know, Nicole Ira Parker is, is, is a stunning. Uh, Boris Cujo is a lucky son of a gun. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just a great cast, you know. Um, Jill, uh, uh, Jill was wonderful. Jill Marie Jones. Uh, Kevin Hart uh, is just talented. And, and look at his star rising. God, um, you know, uh, um, Megan Good is uh is all good <laughs> all right. yeah you know well, uh, it opens may 20th i know in atlanta dc and baltimore but for folks who aren't in one of those three areas are there plans to take this movie national um i believe so i believe so okay, you know um they're gonna go ahead and start small which is smart so that uh so that uh there is some success. You can ensure some success because of the cast like that. I'm sure people are going to want to see it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you create a demand and we keep it moving. And then the next thing you know, there'll be 35 and chicken everywhere. <laughs> well, keeping it moving, you keep it moving. And we talked about, of course, TV, We now the movie, but which uh, seems to be one of your first loves, music. You also have been working on a CD, and I'm wondering if that's available yet for your fans to pick up. You know what, you guys, I have to apologize. Um, this CD was supposed to be out. The album was supposed to be available uh, April 12th, uh, which was my sister's birthday, and that was my reason for releasing it on April 12th. I promised everybody it was going to be a single in February, but I am the consummate perfectionist. Um, I just I just refuse to release this thing until it is everything that I want it to be so that I know it's everything that you're expecting it to be. And uh, I, I, I had to pull a couple of songs. Um and I had to revisit a couple of things. I've had the pleasure of working with the incredible, mm. incomparable uh, 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 Sly Stone, man, uh, the legend. Wow. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And matter of fact, I'm going in today to finish a song that he and I uh, uh, embarked upon. Um, I, I just I just tell you, I just feel so blessed. You know, so, you know, when he brought this stuff to the table, I said, who am I? To, to say, I'm going to put this album out. I said, this is five stones. You know, so it just keeps getting better and better. Everybody's like, dude, would you please release it? It sounds great. But um, I promise that before this year is out, I promise you I'm going to drop something. 
Um, you guys can go to the website, which is uh, DariusAndTheDList.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Nitties, uh, N-I-T-Y-S, T-H-E-N-I-T-Y-S, to watch the YouTube videos. Um, you can tweet me uh, at Darius McCreary, um, uh, at Darius McCreary on Twitter. Uh, I am Darius McCreary on Facebook, and I promise you that I have all the information. You can listen to some stuff. There's samples of some things, and you can just check it out and vibe it and feel it because that's what it's all about is, is uh, positive vibrations. All right. Well, going back to Sly and the Family Stone and, of course, Family Affair, will you have anyone from your family uh, appearing on the CD? Absolutely. Good. The name of the band is The D-List because I'm Darius. My brother's Donovan. My sister's Dion. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a family affair. It is. You know, uh, we're, we're 3D. You know, um, what about me? We <laughs> my name starts oh, yeah, with... Dan, Dan. <laughs> you, what about you, me? Can I... <laughs> Dan, you, you are officially a part of the D-List, baby. Yes. Yes, there it is. Oh, all right. There it is. Yeah, man, you're on, you're on the D-List, man. Get D-listed, man. That's it. Good. I've been upgraded from the Z-List. This is wonderful. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my father uh, uh, has definitely stepped up and... And I has, 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 man, done some, some great arrangements on the album for me, man. I feel so blessed. Um, I had the pleasure of working with uh, my, 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 one of my cousins who's an incredible producer, uh, Chuck Heat. Um, you know, so, yes, uh, 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 Shaka Khan is, is involved in the project. She has, uh, has lent, lent her, her wonderful talents and her ears to help uh, as, a, as an executive producer. She's produced some of the stuff. So, um, you know, it's just it's just been a wonderful thing. It's been a wonderful experience. You know, it really has. All right. That's, that's amazing. I mean, there are some people who uh, are honored just to be able to play a Shaka Khan CD. So knowing that she's a part of your project has got to be really sort of amazing. Yes. Well, she's a part of my life. You know, I just okay. call TK just to get some advice or before I move. So... I would be remiss, you know, uh, uh, not to ask her opinion or, to, you know, to, to, to have her involvement. You know, uh, wow. the, the, the incredible and talented uh, Miss Mickey Howard has, 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 has lent her talents and her gifts. I mean, it's just been a blessing. It's music. That's why I said music is my life, you know, because it's the air I breathe, you know, and it's a part of my everyday existence, you know. So uh, for me to be able to, to sit down and write a song and, you know, to have, uh, you know, these wonderful people, uh, you know uh, that that are my family involved is is is, is life to me. It's everyday life, you know, and, and it's an, it's a blessing. It's an incredible blessing. Well, Darius, I want to thank you for taking some time to chat with me today. Is there anything that I, I've left out? I feel like we've we've covered your entire life, but is there anything <laughs> anything left that you want to maybe discuss or uh, tell your fans? Um, I, I love you all. I thank you so much for your love and support. Um, and uh, um. Like I said, go to the website, check it out, and we will be having uh, private parties, which is what I like to call them, where um, I actually have a rehearsal with my band. We rehearse, and I open it up to the public. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So so check it out, and a private party will be coming to your town soon. And I'll, be, I'll, I'll do my best to make sure that we uh, we retweet and get all that other information out there. Are you planning to go to the Emmys in Vegas in June? Absolutely, and we will be having a private party there, a private pool party there. All right, good, and um, maybe I'll be able to meet up with you there, and, and thank you, of course, for, for chatting today. Uh, Darius, right thanks, thanks so much. Thank you. Peace.
I want to again thank Darius for dropping by Soap Central Live. Did you notice in the interview how he refers to Shaka Khan as CK? I can't even wrap my head around having a living legend as a friend who you can just sort of call by their initials. Tune in to The Young and the Restless every weekday to check out Darius as Malcolm. It airs every weekday on CBS, so check your local listings for the time and channel in your area. There's still a lot more of this week's show to go. On the other side of this commercial break, my interview with Dondre T. Whitfield, who you may remember as Terrence Fry. He spent four years on All My Children, picked up three daytime Emmy nominations. He's got a lot to say about All My Children. Also, The Cosby Show, his first professional acting gig, and his thoughts on being a dad. So stay tuned in just about two minutes for more of Soap Central. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Would you like to improve your emotional balance and mental performance? Of course, everyone would like to achieve that state of balance and be at the top of their game. But where do you start? Tune in to My Mind, My Health with your host, Dr. Vernon Barksdale. Dr. Barksdale has spent over 30 years researching and implementing strategies to impact health and well-being. Take a journey into the science behind how we feel and experience life and the transcendent aspects of that experience via connection to our spiritual side. Tune in Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. The violent crime rate has begun to rise again. So what's more important than feeling at ease and secure in your daily life? With an optimistic perspective on a sober subject, crime prevention and personal safety expert Susan Bartlestone brings you the information, tips, resources, and inspiring success stories that will reduce your fear and restore your confidence. So stay tuned and stay safe with Crime Prevention 101 and Susan Bartlestone. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. It'd be a crime not to listen. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. If you are just joining us this week, we are talking all about the new movie, 35 and Ticking, which opens in theaters on May 20th. I'm joined now by three-time Daytime Emmy nominee, Dondre T. Whitfield, who played Terrence Fry on All My Children. In this interview, he's going to talk about his time on All My Children. And for you AMC fans out there, you might be very surprised to find out who Dondre wanted his character to be involved with romantically. Of course, he's also going to talk about the movie 35 and Ticking, and we're going to talk about his most important role to date, which is that of a dad. So we're joining the interview sort of in progress because Dondre was actually taking care of his kids while we were doing the interview. Take a listen. It's really challenging now because right now my wife is in um, her, her show shoots in Vancouver. Oh wow! And so during the week she's there, and um, and so she comes in, you know, on the on the weekends. Gotcha. But during the week, you know, I'm everything. I'm mom. I'm dad. So in the mornings, I'm braiding hair and making breakfast and making sure that I, I fit everything else in, like you know, doing things that pay the bills. <laughs> so it. it is really, really, it is really challenging. Before all of this, did you consider yourself a cook, or is this something that you've had to <laughs> that you've had to pick up? <laughs> well, you know what's inter- what's interesting is that my my mother, who's just uh, an, an incredible woman, she had me at a at a very she had me at a very early age, and so as she was um, as she was bringing me up, I mean, she was really. She was doing everything. I mean, she was putting herself through college. Wow. Uh, I remember uh, nights when everything was so intense and so magnified. You know, when you have a, a, a young child and you're trying to put yourself through college and work and, and, and all of those things, and that would be extremely pressure-packed, especially considering the fact that you know, we lived in one of the tougher neighborhoods in Brooklyn at the time. And um, she taught me at a very early age, you know, listen, you got to become self-sufficient. So very early on, I learned how to, to, to iron, to cook, to clean, uh, to take care of myself. And I, 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 it, it was really a great preparation for me not only to attract my wife <laughs> because... She had a. She saw in front of her, you know, a man that could that could take care of himself. And mm-hmm. if you know, chances are, you know, if he can really take care of himself, he can take care of his family. Um, it was a great cornerstone for me um, to build on as a father and as a husband. And so I've always been sort of a uh, caretaker. So um, this has actually been a, uh, a a great experience. I've always said that. Men, uh, particularly dads, should have to take care of their children without the help of their wife for at least three consecutive days. 
so that you get a chance to see what it is that your wife does so that you can have an appreciation for it and a respect for it and also a bond that you're missing. Hmm. Because when, when I do my daughter's hair and she runs into the bathroom after I do it, she is so, uh, she's just full of pride Aww. about that. <laughs> uh, and the, that badge of honor that she carries into her classroom and in, in communicating to her, you know, her classmates that her dad did it and not her mom, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I can't pay for that. I can imagine that must be a, a really amazing feeling for both of you. Definitely. Definitely. She gets really, actually, she gets, she gets extremely offended when people assume that, that my wife did it. <laughs> okay. And, and not me. Uh, there have been a few times where I've actually had to sort of like uh, calm her down a little. A little. I, I remember, yeah, one time in particular, this lady came up. She didn't know us. And she, she just was uh, admiring her hair. And she said, wow, your mommy did your hair so nice. And my daughter immediately jumped all over that. And she was like, my mommy didn't do my hair. My daddy did my hair. And it was so like, uh, <laughs> she has no idea how, how much she does uh, for me. Uh, as a as a father and how much how how good it makes me feel as a man to know how appreciative she is hmm. of the things that I do for you know for our family because she's quick to point it out all the time so uh, I, I love it do you think it's safe to assume that a lot of people underestimate what it takes to be a single mother not only raise uh, raising uh. a child but also raising a son well, I say very often that, that the, the same-sex parent is probably the most important influence mm -hmm. because the child is naturally going to try to pattern themselves after the same-sex parent. Mm -hmm. It's like looking into a, a mirror. That's why, it, you know, the, the term is called mirroring the image because you're seeing something, you see yourself in that and now you're trying to do what it is that you see and when that same-sex parent isn't around it can be very difficult at times for kids to make an adjustment um, to you know to say okay well I gotta do this and I gotta do that because now where does my example come from if my example is the, the opposite sex parent Sometimes it can be very confusing, particularly right. at, at very early stages of childhood. I know for me in particular, because my father wasn't around, it was very difficult at first to learn how to be a, a man uh, because I didn't have that immediate example. Mm -hmm. And so my, my job as, uh, as, a, as a father is extremely important because with my son, he's mirroring what I do already. He's he's two years old, and already he walks and talks like I do. What? He says things that it's crazy. He <laughs> he is a he loves golf already. Okay. And on the golf course, 
he already says things that you say on the golf course. You know, a uh, good shot, guys. Uh, <laughs> if he's, like, chipping the ball up to the green towards the hole, he goes, go, 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 go. And he goes, ah. He goes, Daddy, I missed it. I mean, so already, and he's two years old. So already the things that I say and the things that I do, he already does those things, and he's two. So can you imagine 12, 20, mm-hmm. 30? You, you, you know, I mean, it gets increasingly uh, more specific as they get older. Now, with regards to my daughter, that's a completely different issue because now I become her blueprint for what she thinks she's going to like later on in life. Right. So if she sees mom having her door open by dad mm-hmm. or dad massaging mom's feet after a long day mm-hmm. or brushing mom's hair or, you know, or, you know, a gentle, innocent uh, kiss at the, 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 in the middle of the day for, for no reason other than I just, I love you. Those are the things that she's going to look for in her partner. Hmm. So my job all day long is teaching, and and, and I, I take that very seriously. I, I, that is something that's really important. And while you were talking about that, it's it, sort of a segue into your first professional acting role was on The Cosby Show. And for yes. a lot of people looking at The Cosby Show, that yes. was a model of... I think what viewers wanted to aspire to be, unlike some of the other shows that we'll see today, like your Jersey Shores and uh, other television uh, programs. It's, it's disgusting. I, I'm just going to, I, you know, I, I, I know that I'm not supposed to say that as an entertainer and as a producer, but I just, I really have to say as a father, okay. it's disgusting having to, watch those things knowing that there are children out there watching this somehow. And not only that, but it's, it's, it's just seeping into the fabric of our everyday lives because people begin to think, first of all, let me just say this. Reality television is not reality. Thank you. Reality television is not reality. These are situations that are being trumped up, forgive, uh, for, for, forgive that, that pun, uh, <laughs> as, as I talk about uh, uh, Donald and, and his ridiculous episodes with, you know, with regards to, you know, the, the president and yes. birth certificates and all this other nonsense. Unfortunately, because we've, got, we've given these clowns a platform they think now that they can say and do whatever, and there are no repercussions for those things. Hmm. And unfortunately, there aren't, because people don't stop watching because of it. They don't stop watching. In fact, more people watch because now he's getting more publicity. Hmm. And it's so sad. It's ridiculous. I, I, getting back to our original uh, point in terms of what the Cosby Show was, Ironically, the way I parent, the way my wife and I parent, you know, we always encourage our, our kids to tell us the truth no matter what. 
And one of the things that I tell my daughter is, who she, she's six years old. I said, Parker, listen, no matter what, you can always tell mom and dad the truth and not worry about being in trouble. I said, you are going to be in more trouble for not telling the truth than you ever would hmm. for telling the truth. So when I say to you, listen, I need for you to tell me the truth, and she tells me, I can't punish her in the way that I would punish her if she hadn't told me the truth, because now that doesn't give her any incentive for her to tell me the truth in the future. Absolutely. That show was so incredible in terms of showing families how certain situations can be handled and in and, and, and most cases should be handled. And for me, as a 15-year-old young man, Working with Mr. Cosby was probably the greatest experience of my life hmm. because it was one of the few times in my life growing up as a, um, as a young man in Brooklyn where you learn to have an answer for everything very quickly. It was one of the few times in my life I never wanted to say anything. I just wanted to listen. And he taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to be a professional, hmm. and he taught me how to be funnier. Okay. And I, I, I absolutely adore that time. And uh, there are times when my kids and I, we, we still watch the show together because I just have super great fond memories of that show. And I can't say enough about Felicia Rashad as well, an incredible woman, and I. I think even my wife knows this. I, I still, to this day, have a huge crush on her. Something I want to ask you quickly, because you did bring it up, and, and I can't help but notice, it seems like everyone, particularly the kids who were involved in the Cosby Show, everybody came out of that well. I mean, you don't hear anything bad about anyone who was involved right. in that program. Right. And I have to think that that wasn't an accident. That's not an accident. If you look at any successful business, everything starts at the top. Not, not even a successful business, any business, whether, it's a, whether it fails mm -hmm. or it succeeds. Mm -hmm. It all starts at the top. And Mr. Cosby, I still say that with uh, great respect and great admiration to this day. Uh, and I say Mr. Cosby because it just requires that kind of respect. Um, does he have his shortcomings? You bet you. Because we all do. Because we're all human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, listen. He's from Philadelphia. <laughs> this is a this is a real this is a real guy. Okay, it's not the Jello. This is not the Jello pudding uh, pop guy. I'm from okay? Philly, so believe this, me, I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So so this guy is this guy is real. Perfect. No, but. In terms of all of those things, and you weigh those those things out, that guy, this is an incredible human being, and um, and I'm just trying to do, I'm trying to walk in that same path and and do my part and 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 give back to someone else who's coming up behind me to, to set that example and to teach those lessons and to say, man, model yourself after that. Transitioning slightly here, I want to move on to your time on All My Children. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, all my all my children and soaps in general, they have a long history of looking at society, particularly a lot of social issues. And I know that for you, one of the storylines that you were involved in is Terrence was when Terrence was beaten up by two white guys from the uh, the health club, Tom's Health Club. And it, it was a, right. one of the first times that all my children really went in depth uh, and addressed racism. Looking back at that now, right. uh, what was your take on that storyline? And do you think that that... At the time, do you think that that was something that daytime had to do? I, at that time, I didn't think that it was something that they that they had to do. Um, I thought it was great that they that they that they did it. And ironically, at the same time, um, I was trying to challenge. Um, if you look back at some of the interviews during that time, <clears throat> um. I was actually also trying to challenge us as a show, us as a network, to allow storylines that would deal more uh, in with race. I thought at the time that particular storyline was so, while, while it was great that we were doing it, I thought at that particular time it seemed really safe because it was so overt. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know what I mean. No, it's, the overt, yeah, the overtness of it was the thing that made it safe. Like, okay, well, we clearly see that these guys are bad, right? Because here it is, it's right out front. Look at what they're calling them. Look mm-hmm. at what they're doing. And racism, honestly, is not like that. Very seldom is it like that. The racism that we speak to and have to in, endure when we do is very subtle now. And so I thought that we should try to deal with that because that one was was going to more closely mirror life. And I wanted us to also deal with dating. Mm-hmm. Kelly Ripa and I were great friends off the set, and we got along famously. And we often talked about a storyline between, you know, our characters because we got along so great. In that type of city and in that type of environment, kids are naturally attracted to those that they spend more time with. It would have been quite natural for them to have had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Terrence was a outstanding young man with morals and, and values, uh, got good grades. Mm-hmm. No one would speak against that, you know, against that relationship. Mm-hmm. Why not go down that road? So there were certain things that while I applauded us, I was also trying to see if we could challenge certain other platforms, you know. Uh, But that speaks to, again, you know, that speaks to so many different things. You know, my mom, the the way I was raised, where my, you know, I guess where I was headed anyway in terms of, what my life would ultimately look like, which was not settling for anything and constantly trying to see how you could keep pushing, you know, uh, those levels. We are just about out of time for today's show, but there is still a lot more to hear from Dondre. In fact, it's one of the most interesting interviews I've done in quite some time because there are so many other topics that he brings up from, of course, being a dad to the soaps to his movie to what to do when your life doesn't quite measure up to what you thought it would be. 
So I'm going to do something that I've never done before in 70 episodes of Soap Central Live. There's going to be a special two-part edition of this interview with Dandre. So you'll have to tune in next week to hear the conclusion. I know that soap fans like teasers, so here's a little preview of some of what you'll hear in part two of my interview with Dandre T. Whitfield. She had a lot of pressure on her. You know, this was during the streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the drought. <laughs> yeah. And, and she called me. I had to work that day. She called me at the studio and said, Dandre, I just wanted you to know that no one deserves to win more than you do. Wow. This is going to sound silly, but there have been times when I said, Dre, did you go poop? And he'll say, no. And I say, Dre, did you go poop? And then he smiles and he goes, yeah. I'll also be joined next week by comedian Lunell, who just so happens to be a very avid fan of The Young and the Restless. Find out what happened when she had her picture taken with Eric Braden, and she'll talk about her role in 35 and Ticking. So that's what you have to look forward to next week in the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.